Alright, 2 Kings chapter number 4 in your Bibles in verse number 8. Uh, last week we talked about, as we begin going through the story of this Shunammite woman, how the Bible calls her in 2 Kings chapter number 4 and verse number 8, a great woman. And you know, as you, as you read through the Bible, there's not many people that uh, God gives that title to. Uh, many times you read and, and there are individuals that stand out in the walk with God, but I, I'm, I'm amazed and fascinated that here was a lady that, though unnamed, God called her a great woman. And let me just say, I want to one day stand at the end of my life, and I want the Savior to say, hey, maybe nobody recognized you. Maybe nobody realized what you did for me, but you did a great work for me. And that's the testimony of this great woman here in this passage. And we looked at last week, and we saw that she was an individual that, that was observant. And, uh, and if we're going to be great Christians for God by faith, as it says in Hebrews 11, that a woman received their dead raised to life again, illustrating this young this lady here. If we're going to be ladies and men of faith, then we need to uh, recognize and be spiritually in tune to godliness and, uh, and, and just have that godly attitude about us. And she was a godly individual. And she saw Elisha passing by and said, Hey, this is a man of God. And so upon her observation, she said to her husband, in submission, honey, I think we ought to build a prophet's chamber for this man of God. And uh, boy, the, they agreed together, let's do this. And so we saw, second of all, that they were sacrificial. And uh, man, they went and they built this prophet's chamber uh, out of their own pocket. And uh, they began to open that up for Elisha. Whenever he would pass by, she would feed him. And he would stay there for free. And what a blessing that was. And, and uh, we, we saw that not only was she submissive and, and observant and sacrificial, but she was also a lady that... Um, that was uh, that that was humble, and uh, Elisha called her in and said, "Hey, listen, what can I do for you? Uh, do you want me to uh, mention your name to the king? Do you want to be a well-known celebrity? Do you want your face on TMZ or Fox News to do an interview? What do you want from me?" And uh, she said, "No, I'm content with where I'm at. Though Shunamite, uh, Shunam is uh, means middle of nowhere, right? Though I may live in the middle of nowhere, and uh, though there may not uh, be a big metropolis surrounding me with everybody recognizing me for who I am, she said, I'm willing and content to stay where God has placed me, and I'm willing to be that 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 humble vessel that my Savior can use for His glory and honor. And we saw last week as uh, as we come to this passage again, uh, it says in verse number 14." And he said, talking about Elisha to Gehazi, What then is to be done for her? And Gehazi answered, Verily she hath no child, and her husband is old. And he said, Call her. And when he had called her, she stood in the door. And he said, About this season, according to the time of life, thou shalt embrace a son. And she said, Nay, my lord, thou man of God, do not lie unto thine handmaid. And the woman conceived and bare a son at the season that Elisha had said unto her, according to the time of life. God said, or Elisha said to her, because of your faithfulness, and because of your generosity, and, and because of your attitude, God's going to bless you with a child. Remember back in the Bible days, if you were childless, uh, that was, you were looked down upon. Uh, we live in a day in a society where, where uh, a lot of ladies get married and they say, we don't want kids, and uh, we don't want to raise a family. We're enjoying the lifestyle that we are living that was foreign to the Bible days, 
If you did not have a child, then uh, people would accuse you of sin, and they would accuse you of being not right with God, and God was not blessing you because of your disobedience. I remember Sarah cried, uh, I think it was Sarah cried, give me children or, or I die. One of those, uh, Sarah, one of those cried, give me children or I die. Why? Because she desperately desired a child. Remember Elizabeth in her old age when her husband, this godly man, got his opportunity to go into the temple. What did he ask God for? He asked God for a child. He was praying about that in the temple and God gave them John the Baptist. And this woman conceived, she bore a child in, in accordance to the promise of the man of God. Now some time has elapsed and maybe uh, 10, 11, 12 years, whatever the magic number may be. And as we come to here to verse number 18, the Bible says, and when the child was grown, Remember back in the Bible days, uh, uh, you were considered uh, to start your adulthood at 12 years old. And that's when you started to own things. And that's when you started to have to grow up and be responsible. So uh, somewhere in that age is where this young man is at now. And the Bible says it fell on a day that he went out to his father to the reapers. And he said unto his father, my head, my head. And he said to the lad, carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. I want you to see tonight here, in, in, as the story continues, about this lady. Notice, notice here tonight how she was an individual that was faithful in the task that God had called her to. Uh, she was faithful as a mom. She was faithful in raising her child and, and, and she was faithful in the little things. You know, the reality is so many times in our life we think, well, uh, God is not using me because I'm not out in the, in the spotlight. You know, we look at certain people and we're like, well, they're doing something for God and what are we doing for God? And, and we, we kind of have this attitude, well, because I'm not the keynote speaker or I'm not the one that's writing books or because I'm not the one that's fill in the blank teaching in this Sunday school or singing the specials or all these different things, we look at others being used of God and we say, well, I'm not there so I'm not being used of God is completely foreign to the Bible. Um, uh, I think about the illustration of Charles or um, uh, John and Charles Wesley. Uh, their mom had all those kids, and she faithfully raised her kids for the glory of God. And let me just say, motherhood is frowned upon many times by our society, but it is such a vital and important role when it comes to impacting our kids for the Lord Jesus Christ. Jenny, your kids, boy, they need that mama. Rachel, your kids need that mom to be that godly impact in their life. I think about I think about the reality of the importance of being that godly mother influencing them for the Lord Jesus Christ. Let me say, we, we, we can leave it to the iPads to raise our kids and we'll wonder why in 15 years our kids aren't living for the Lord. I'll tell you why. Because we're void of that godly impact. Listen, the television is a wonderful tool of entertainment, but I'm afraid there are many Christians that are going to lose their kids to the devil because they allow their kids to sit in front of that television for hours on end and they're fed the garbage of the world and they are missing that godly mom influencing them for the Lord Jesus Christ. Listen, this lady didn't say I'm going to leave it, leave it to daycare to raise a kid. She didn't say, she didn't say I'm going to leave it to somebody else. No, she said I am going to be faithful in the job of raising this child for the Lord Jesus Christ. Never underestimate the importance of being faithful in the little things. And what does the Bible say? If we're faithful in the little things, then God will entrust us with more. And uh, when we're faithful in, in uh, I love using the illustration of, you know, I'm preaching today. 
Not because one day I woke up and, as Warren said, I like chicken. It's not one day I woke up and started craving chicken, and so I decided to be a preacher, right? But no, it's, it's because when I was little, mom and dad said, you're going to go clean the church. And as a little boy, we went and we cleaned the church, and we liked taking the offering at the end, you know? We played church when we were all done straightening the hymn books out and making all the lines straight when you're back in the church, you know? And, and uh, man, going through. I, I think about little, you know, as a little boy being faithful with that. And then being entrusted with teaching a junior church. And, and then as a teenager, cutting the grass at church. And being involved in bigger responsibilities. And, and then the, uh, being able to be a youth pastor and more responsibilities. You say, what are you saying, preacher? I'm saying God looks at our life and says, will you be faithful? Hey, will you be faithful with, uh, with, with your responsibilities? You say, well, nobody's patting me on the back. Nobody's saying thank you. Nobody's recognizing me uh, for all that I've done. Listen, God's the one that's keeping score. And this lady, though unnamed, though unrecognized by society as a whole, though the king did not realize who she was, she was faithful in raising this child for God. And it says in verse number 18, it says there, and it fell on a day. Uh, by the way, let me just say, there will come a day in your life. I underlined that in my Bible. Uh, circle it, highlight it, whatever it may be, but mark it down. There will come a day in your life when tragedy strikes. Like it or not, we live that because of sin, there will come a day when the bottom of the barrel will fall out. And boy, the trials will hit you. And the sorrow will overwhelm you. And the tears will flow. There will come a day like Miss Vera on Sunday when she took her last breath. And, and now there is a family that is grieving because of a loss of a mom. There will come a day. What happened on this day? By the way, uh, that, that's why it's so important for us as believers to prepare our lives now for those days of tragedy. For those trials that will come our way. Listen, we right now, as a statement goes, what we are to be, we are now becoming. The trials that are going to come your way, right now God is making and molding and, and shaping you so that way you can handle those trials and come through them as gold that is refined, shining forth for the Lord Jesus Christ. This woman was observant, was godly, was faithful, was humble, was submissive, did all these different things before this trial took place in her life. She's developed this godly character with God. That's why it's so important to get up each and every morning and read your Bible and pray and just walk with God. That's why it's so important. You say, well, Pastor, I, I, I love it. With my girls, I, I, was, I was talking to Lily today, and I asked her, I said, uh, I, I'm bribing my, my two oldest kids, Josiah and Lily, the oldest. I told them, if you read the New Testament through, I'll give you a $100 bill. And uh, that's a pretty good bribe, I think, you know. And, and so Lily's like, Dad, I finished Mark today. And, uh, and I asked her, I said, what did you get out of it? And she said, Dad, I didn't really get a lot out of it, you know. And I said, you know what, don't worry. I said, I, I went through Leviticus, and I'm getting ready to go into First Chronicles again. And when I hit all those names, I'll just walk out of that passage rejoicing that my name's written in the book of life. I said, because I can't pronounce those names. You know, that's what fires me up for that one day I read all those names, right? But, uh, you know, there, there's times when I read my Bible and I get done, and I have no clue what I read, right? I know you're all spiritual, and you read, and you're like, you read for five minutes, and you get, like, the whole book memorized. I understand that, all right? But I'm telling you, there's times when I just hit the grind, you know, you're grinding it out, right? But you know why we keep reading? It's because, hey, there's going to come a day when, when, I, when boy, that because I've been faithful in reading, all those verses are going to come back. And, boy, I'm going to face a trial. And what I read back six months ago is going to come back. Or when I'm witnessing or going through something, boy, God's going to use a verse that I, that I meditated on a while back to just hit a home run in the life of somebody else. 
That's why we're faithful. That's why we need to be plugged away because there will come a day that trials will come our way and it says it fell on a day that he went out to his father to the reapers. So this boy's going to work and he's going out with dad and he's, in verse number 19. He said unto his father, my head, my head. And he said to the lad, carry him to his mother. And when he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then he died. Well, I don't know about you, but what a sad, what a sad, what a sad story. I mean, I think about this boy, Josiah is nine years old. Give him three more years. Um, can you imagine the grief? Can you imagine the sorrow for this lady? Here she was unable to have kids. And God gave her a child. She raises his child faithfully. He goes out and works. And I don't know if it was a heat stroke or a blood clot or whatever it may have been. Maybe an allergic reaction. I don't know what happened, but all of a sudden this boy gets sick. He's got a massive headache. He goes back to mama, sits on mama's knee, and mama holds him as she watches life, you know, get the breath as, as, as his lungs stop breathing. And what a sad day and what a sad story. But I love this lady because notice in verse 21 how not only was she faithful in raising her children, but notice how she believed God. He says in verse number 21, it says, And she went up. And laid him on the bed of the man of God and shut the door upon him and went out. I put here in the, in the margins of my Bible, uh, she made no plans for the funeral, but she made plans for the resurrection. You realize that? Uh, tomorrow I'll be preaching Miss Vera's funeral. Uh, going with the funeral, man, there's a lot of plans that go into it, isn't there? Got to go meet with the, with the, with the funeral home, got to pick out the casket. Got to pick out the order service. Got to go through the obituary. Got a lot of things go into the end of life. But this little boy passes away. And what did this mom do? This mom took that boy to the pauper's chamber. She didn't take him and lay him in his room. She didn't say, hey, I'm going to go and call my husband. She didn't say, I'm going to get on the phone and, and, and call everybody. Which would be, by the way, that's what we all would do. You know, the normal procedure, call 911, here comes the, you know, the body gets shipped to the morgue. I mean, that would be the normal, but this is not, not what happened with this lady. No, she took that body and she put it in the prophet's room. Why? Because she was preparing for the resurrection. What was her attitude? Her attitude was she believed God. She made plans for the resurrection, not for the funeral. She put him on the man of God's bed. The man of God was the one that promised a child, and he would be the one that raised the child. It takes great faith to stand at the graveside of a loved one and still claim Romans 8.28. It takes great faith. Listen, it's easy, it's easy to talk about faith. What's that song? Life is easy when you're on the mountain, right? But it's down in the valley, all of life's trials and temptation. That's where your faith is really proven. Hey, it's in the valley of despair. That's where your faith really shines forth. And this lady, this great lady, I would say this was the pinnacle of her walk of faith. Why? Because when she should have been weeping, and she should have been crying, and she should have been calling everybody for, for them to come and mourn with her, she by faith believed God. I wonder tonight, do you truly believe God? in the midst of your trials and, and, and testing? Do you believe God when there's nowhere else to turn to? When the tears are flowing is when one's faith truly is shown. And I think about the illustration we talked about a couple weeks ago, ago about that lady, a preacher's wife, 
and, and her husband was in great debt and the, 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 they're coming to collect her, her two boys and they're going to be sold as slaves, right? And she said to the man of God, she said, Elisha, all I have is a pot of oil, right? I've got a little bit of oil left. She called upon God when she was at the bottom of the barrel. Listen, that's when God wants to hear our plea. That's when God wants to hear our desperate cry. Lord, there's nowhere else to turn. There's nowhere else to look. Lord, I've tried everything else, but Lord, I'm failing and flopping. I need you. Oh, I need thee. I love that song, God wants to hear you sing when the waves are crashing around you. The fiery darts surround you and despair is all you see. God wants to hear your voice when the wisest man has spoken. Said your circumstances are as hopeless as can be. That's when God wants to hear you say. And this lady took this boy and she laid him on the man of God's bed and she went out and said in verse 21, notice in verse 22, it says she called unto her husband and said, send me, I pray thee, one of the young men, and one of the asses that I may run to the man of God and come again. I love what she, hey, that's, I'm going to see the man of God. I'm going to go see Elisha the prophet. And uh, look in verse number 23, it says, and he said, wherefore wilt thou go to him today? It is neither noon, moon, nor, nor Sabbath. And she said, it shall be well. I love her response by faith. Uh, notice what she did not do. She did not, uh, her husband more than likely was right in the middle of harvesting this crop in a busy time on the farm. And she just told her husband, don't worry about it. It's all under control. God's going to work it all out for his glory and for his honor. I see there was great trust between this couple. Can I just say, couples... I mean, let's make sure that we build trust one with another. Let's make sure that we trust each other. Uh, Chrissy and I, we joke sometimes about going to the store, right? And uh, her best friend Chase goes with her. And I don't trust Chase when he goes to the store with her, right? Because cha-ching, 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 right? But uh, she'll ask me sometimes, joking, do you trust me? And uh, you know what? There's a trust. Thank God for 11, almost 11 years of marriage now. And boy, I trust her a whole lot more now with the credit card than I did before, right? And uh, yet I still check it every day. But uh, I'm just messing with you. It's twice a day. But, uh, but, but you know, I think about the trust, right? Think, guys, think about this, all right? You're out in the field and, and, and here comes a, a, your wife. Hey, I'm going to go see the man of God. What are you going to do that for? Well, I'm just going to run up there real fast and I'm going to come back home. And I love what she said. She said, it shall be well. Don't worry about it. It's all under control. And he said, okay, go. Man, it was trust. But I love her attitude. She said, hey... It's all going to be well. She, she was an individual that responded by faith. I wonder, uh, do you have that kind of faith in your life? I wonder, can you rest in the fact that all things work together for good? To them that love God, to them that are the called according to His purpose. I wonder, is it well with your soul? Uh, the, the writer of that song, It Is Well With My Soul, was a, a godly businessman. And, uh, and he had a lot of investments in the city of Chicago. And that great Chicago fire went through the city. And uh, most of his buildings were destroyed because of the fire. And as they were dealing with that loss financially, uh, they decided, hey, we need a break. And so they were all going to take a, a ship over to Europe and uh, get some rest there. And, and right before their family was to leave on that trip, a a, the man needed to stay back in Chicago and finish up business. And he said, I'll join you when, uh, when I'm done with the business trip. And he stayed back. The family went over there. And as they were making their way across the sea, the, sh the ship sunk. And uh, only, only his wife survived. And uh, when the man got the news, he jumped on the next ship and 
began to make his way over to Europe to join back up with his wife. And as he hit that spot where that ship went down, he penned those words, uh, It is well, it is well with my soul. My sin, oh the bliss, and uh, when peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot thou hast taught me to say, it is well with my soul. This lady nailed it right. She said, you know what, I may not understand the whole picture. It may not make sense right now, but honey, don't you worry about it. It's all well. I'm going to see the man of God. She runs up to the man of God. Uh, notice how it says in verse 24, when she sat on the ass, she said to her servant, Drive and go forward, and slack not thy riding for me, except I bid thee. And she drove like a wild woman, right? Driving crazy. Like some of you ladies drive, right? Miss Janice? Oh, excuse me, did that come out of my mouth? Um, but man, she drove really fast, right? Amen, Brother Eddie? And uh, it's, by the way, it's really funny when you got the reindeer on there, right? And then I'm like, there goes Rudolph. But uh, Miss Janice, that's really what I thought when I was reading this passage, I thought of you. But... Uh, but man, there she goes, and hey, let's run up to the man of God, look in verse 25. So she went and came unto the man of God to Mount Carmel. And it came to pass when the man of God saw her afar off, that he said to Gehazi's servant, Behold, yonder is that Shunammite. Run now, I pray thee, to meet her, and say unto her, Is it well with thee? Is it well with thy husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. Hey, I love what she did. She did not waste her time with those that could not help. You realize that? Gehazi couldn't help the pro fix the problem. Her husband, godly man, couldn't fix the, couldn't bring her son back from the dead. There was only one person she knew she had to get in contact with, and that was the man of God. Both times she said, in verse 23, it shall be well. Verse 26, it is well. What was the attitude? Hey, it's all fine. Let me get to the man of God. She had the right perspective. Verse 27, and when she came to the man of God to the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near to her, uh, near to thrust her away. And the man of God said, Let her alone, for her soul is vexed within her. And the Lord hath hid it from me, and hath not told me. Then she said, Did I, desi did I desire a son of my Lord? Did I, did, I, did I not say, Do not deceive me? Then he said to Gehazi, Gird up thy loins, and take my staff in thine hands, and go thy way. And uh, the, the, the story goes on. But, uh, but it's a wonderful story. Man, Gehazi goes back with that staff in hand, and lays it on the, on the boy, and did no response. And where's that woman? That woman's right by the man of God. Staying right there by faith. Why? Because she realized the one that promised the child was going to be the one that would raise the child. You say, how does that apply to my life, preacher? The one that gave you his word is the one that's going to give you strength through the midst of your trials. Who gave us the Bible? All scripture is given by inspiration of God. God gave us his word. The one who has charted the course of your life is the great shepherd that is going to lead you home. The one who cares for the sparrow, the one that has your, the number of your hairs, num, the, the, your hairs numbered, is the one that's concerned about you. And the Shunammite woman showed her faith in the one that promised the child. And boy, she saw God answer. The, I love the story. It says in verse 36, And he called Gehazi and said, Call the Shunammite. So he called her, and when she was coming unto him, he said, Take up thy son. Then she went in and fell at his feet and bowed herself to the ground and took up her son and went out. What an amazing story. God raised her child from the dead. Let me just say tonight, uh, you know, we'll, we'll all go through death. We'll all go through sorrow. We'll all go through heartache. And uh, there is that blessed, the blessed hope that we were looking forward to. But, you know, it may not be death. It may be a burden that you're carrying tonight. It may be some sorrow or some trials that you're going through. Maybe situations at work. It may be drama at the home front. 
I don't, I don't know what it may be, but the God that gave you his promise, just like Elisha gave this woman the promise you're going to have a child, is the same one who's going to carry you through that trial. And he's the one that's going to give you a miracle on the other side. But if that's going to be the case in our life, what do we have to do? We've got to be faithful. We've got to be faithful in the little things. Keep on plugging away, walking with God. When the trials come our way, we're not going to just vent to everybody else, even though it's fine. It bear you one another's burdens, but her ultimate goal was, I'm going to the man of God. I'm going to the one that can take care of the problems. And by faith, she saw God do something amazing and miraculous. Can I ask you tonight, are you going to be faithful? And are you going to go to the man of Are you going to go to God with the problems that come your way? Let's pray together. Father, uh, thank you for this reminder tonight. Help us to be faithful. Help us tomorrow morning to get up, read our Bible, and pray. Tell somebody about Christ. Lord, help us to love you with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then, Lord, one day when the, it, it will fall upon a day, one day when we go through a trial, I pray that all these years of being faithful, Lord, would come back. You bless us for that. Lord, we just desire to see you work in our lives. Lord, this was really a, a preventative medicine. Or something we're going to have to use later on in our lives. And I pray that we just put it back in our brain. Meditate upon it. And Lord, I just pray that we continue to go to you in the midst of trial and trouble. In Jesus' name. Amen. We'll be praying one for another. That we grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And be praying for tomorrow, especially with the funeral, if you would. As I preach the gospel, try to see some more people come to know Christ as their Savior. But we're praying for you. Love you guys. And excited about what God's doing here in our church. So let's be faithful to Him. And uh, you're dismissed. We'll see you guys on Sunday morning.